Jets keep winning in the NIT. You should be happy about that. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go. It's officially spring. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day, free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow it to get an alert every time that we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So what's really interesting to me about the Cincinnati Bearcats and their NIT run is a lot of fans on Twitter are downplaying it. A lot of them are like, oh, whoop-de-doo, they've won two NIT games. I'm not acting like that. You know why? Because I remember where this program was two years ago. I covered that team. I broadcasted games for that team. I saw them get annihilated by Houston twice in a span of three weeks. I saw them get whittled down to four scholarship players before you could blink. I saw a program two years after they made a coaching hire that sparked so much optimism, it was almost too much. I saw a program whose head coach was under investigation two seasons in. I saw a program go through a coaching change with four scholarship players on the roster. If you think I don't appreciate what the Bearcats are doing right now in the NIT, then you clearly don't know me, and you clearly don't know where this program was two years ago at this time. I remember it vividly. The most consistent program of Cincinnati between college and pro outside of maybe Xavier, was in a state of disarray. The NCAA tournament was happening. A lot of great games were played in that tournament, and the Bearcats were going through hell. For a program that had been its signature program of the last 30 years. Post-COVID, hasn't been pretty, but it could be worse. You could be sitting on the couch as a Purdue fan, knowing your team became the second number one seed in the history of the tournament to lose to a 16 seed. Are you kidding me with that? And also last year, Purdue lost to a 15 seed in the Sweet 16, if that's anything. You could be a lot of other teams right now. The Cincinnati Bearcats are in the Elite Eight of the NIT. And I know what you're saying to me. That's not the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I know it's not. But you think about where this program was two years ago, where this program was at the end of last season, having come off a season where they lost their last five regular season games and then lost in the quarterfinals of the tournament. The first time since 2016 that they lost in the quarterfinals. The first time since 2015 
that they lost in the court in a regulation game in the quarterfinals of the AAC tournament. And their only other quarterfinals loss that wasn't in overtime was on a buzzer beater. The Bearcats were not used to having their season end like that. This year, they have won two tournament games. In a year that has been up and down, in a year that has been tumultuous, that has been defined by injuries to key players, in a year that has been defined by losing big games, blowing big leads, and frustrating the heck out of you sometimes, including including me, you know what they've done since their season ended on March 11th? They've moved on and they've won. They moved on, and then they started winning. They started win, win, winning no matter what. And now they're three wins away from winning the NIT. And you can say that's not significant. But it is. When you consider where this program was two years ago, where this program was last year, and where they are now, where they are right now is in a really good place. They are playing basketball on March 22nd, which, if you're keeping score or keeping track, is four years to the day of the last NCAA tournament game that the Bearcats played. Four years ago, right down the street at Nationwide Arena. Guys, I'm telling you. I'm happy with where the Bearcats program is. I'm happy that they're winning games. They've won 23 games. They won 20 in John Brandon's first season. They haven't won this many games since 2019. And you think about what this program could be doing right now. It could be on spring break, kick back, relax. It could be doing anything right now besides playing basketball games. And not just playing basketball games, but playing basketball games that probably – without looking at the statistics, is probably not garnering a lot of ratings because it's being played in the shadows of the NCAA tournament. The Bearcats game on Saturday was played on ESPN+, Plus, a streaming channel, service, whatever you call it. It wasn't on cable TV. It wasn't on direct TV. It was on Spectrum. You know what was on at that time? Firm in San Diego State and then Duke, Tennessee. But while that was happening, Cincinnati goes on the road as the higher seed and beats Hofstra and pulls away in the second half. The box score says Cincinnati outscored Hofstra 39-28 in the second half. They out-rebounded them 40 They had 15 assists. Yeah, Hofstra at 17. I'm not worried about that. What I do like is over 50% from the field in each half. They were 15 of 20 from the line, including 10-14 in the second half. Hofstra shot just 37.5% from the field for the game, including 7 of 21 from three, one of 10 in the second half, part of a second half where they shot just 37.5%. Points in the paint dominated by the Bearcats, 40 to 28. Odio Guama with a double-double, 14 points and 11 rebounds. David DeJulius, one assist away. From a double double, also six of twelve from the field. Victor Locken, sixteen and eight. You had Landers Nolly lead the way with twenty points. 
Adams Woods led the Bearcats with two threes in a game where they only attempted 14 threes, part of 57 shot attempts. Hofstra attempted 21 for their 64 total shots. So again, if you don't think this is important to you, why don't you step in the shoes of Landers Nolly, Jeremiah Davenport, and Micah Adams-Woods? They don't know if they're coming back or not. Or maybe they do. We don't know. But imagine if they continue to play on a team that's making a run through the NIT. Then you're talking about players who might say, you know what? We know we can win in this kind of environment. We're going to the Big 12 next year. We know that we have the coach. We know we've got the talent. we got some good pieces coming in, including Jizzle James and Rayvon Griffith. So, you know what? Maybe it is worth for them coming back. And don't think it's not worth anything to David the Julius. Don't think it's worth not anything for David the Julius to come back game after game, knowing that game could be his last, and still be that leader for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Speaking of... The Big 12. How do the Bearcats fit into the Big 12 after the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? I have a lot of thoughts on the Big 12. And by the way, I should have said this off the top. Um, if you were expecting Mike Petralia of CLNS to be on this show today, uh, something came up. He was not able to come on. That's totally okay. We'll have Trags back on uh, sooner rather than later. We're working to get Josh Neighbors on the show for Thursday, and then Friday will be Russ Heltman, the podcast form of our live room recapping Wednesday night's quarterfinal NIT game and spring practice, which resumes tomorrow. But I got a lot of thoughts on the Big 12, and I also have a lot of thoughts specifically on Kansas, because ever since they lost to Arkansas on Saturday, and I have a funny story about that game, actually. I'll tell you that, too. But it's really interesting to look at Kansas as a program. It's really interesting when I'm going to tell you why. We'll get into that after I tell you how this episode of Locked on Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. So, the tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and Super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points, scores, and threes. Drain plus fan to even let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more with fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the NCAA tournament. That's not in the script. But they said the tournament is heating up. That's why I included it. But anyway, so the Big 12. Look, we all know it was the best conference in the regular season. I'm not sugarcoating that. But of the seven teams who made the tournament, five of them advanced to the second round. That's good. But only two are left standing in the Sweet 16. Texas and Kansas State. And for what it's worth, both teams are going to face enormous challenges in the Sweet 16. Texas is going to face Xavier. I mean, I think that has the makings of a classic. And then Kansas State is running into a Michigan State team that is playing with a lot of heart and is playing with a lot of momentum and physicality to them. So really interesting seeing how those games play out. But what's interesting to me is 
And I think this is over the years been the case with the Big Ten, which has been debated as the best conference in the country over the years. Remember that cover in 2012 on Sports Illustrated that said the Big Ten, the best damn ball in the land? And that Big Ten season was a really good season. Michigan State was number one. Ohio State, this was 2012. Michigan State was number one. A number one seed, Ohio State was a number two. They went to the Final Four. Wisconsin was a Sweet 16 team. I believe they were they were a four seed that year. Michigan was a four seed. Purdue was, I mean, Purdue almost beat Kansas in that great second round game. But the point is this. Like the Big 12 now, I feel like the Big 12 beats each other up so much during the season that the teams who make the tournament are just exhausted come tourney time. You look at how good and physical that conference is. And how many times over the years with the Bearcats have we said, well, how far can they go? Remember 2019? Remember 2019? Despite the Bearcats winning a conference championship, they limped into that postseason. They were out of gas by the time they ran into Iowa. Sure, they were up 18-5 to in the first, what, seven minutes of that game. But you know what's interesting about that game is once Iowa started making shots and they started going up-tempo, the Bearcats had no answer. What's also interesting to me is you look at the Bearcats and how many times they limped into the postseason or just got there 2014 they didn't have as much momentum. They had lost to Louisville and UConn and then UConn again in the uh, American semis. They had beaten um, or, or they had lost to UConn in 2016 in that epic quarterfinals game. They you know, lost SMU in the 2017 championship game. And all the while, you just didn't know how far that team, those teams were going to go. I feel the same way now about the Big 12 and the Big 10 over the years. I mean, the Big Ten had 11 teams, I think, make the tournament in 2021. Only one made it to the Elite Eight. And for what it's worth, they haven't had a Final Four team since 2019. Their only hope this year is Michigan State. When a conference is that physical and it beats you up and every team is so good, they're exhausted by the time they reach the tournament. And the Bearcats have been a part of that. They played a physical schedule in 2019. 2018 even, I was thinking about this the other day. For as much as battle-tested as they were, they also went 12 rounds every game in the the conference tournament. They played a regular season epic finale at Wichita State. And then, I don't know if they ran out of gas against Nevada. I mean, obviously, you can say they choked. But at the same time, like, teams are exhausted this time of year. Even if you have momentum, especially if you play in a big tw- in the Big Twelve, and Kansas, for what it's worth, they didn't have a lot of momentum. Bill Self fell ill before the Big Twelve tournament, never returned to the team. They ultimately are now out. But think about the best conferences in the country over the years. It's so good that by the time they get to the tournament. They are so physically beat up that they're not ready for the physicality of the tournament. 
I think right now the Bearcats, if the three big players, Nolly, Davenport, and da- and uh, Adams Woods come back, I think they're going to be in great position to be solid in the Big 12 next year. I do believe that. Because every team is going to have its chance. I mean, you watch the Big 12 tournament on that Wednesday, and you're seeing West Virginia play in the first round. They ultimately made the tournament as a nine seed. Texas Tech and who do they play in the first round? Yeah, Texas Tech played West Virginia. And then Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That was, in essence, an elimination game. And what's really amazing is the Bearcats right now in the Big 12, how would they fit in? If they can bring the physicality, if they can bring their outside shooting, if they can share the ball, I think they're going to fit right in. I mean, this team, this 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 Bearcats team was twenty uh, was twenty one and twelve by the end of the season. There were teams who finished in the Big Twelve worse than that who made the tournament. Some who were high seats. So the point is, Bearcats could fit in well, but you look at the Big Twelve and you wonder why only two teams managed the Sweet Sixteen, despite. At one point, I think Joe Lunardi had nine teams projected in the tournament. It's because they're so exhausted. Every game in that conference, and this is how it's going to be next year for the Bearcats, is like a tournament game. It's like a Big 12 tournament game. Baylor-Oklahoma State was essentially an elimination game late in the season. It's like that here now. Speaking of Kansas, I I want to get to them here. Because they've owned the Big 12, but they haven't owned March. And that's make and that's what makes them a very interesting program. I'll explain why after we hear from two of our sponsors. I think we can agree that, that, that the team we are most excited to see on the schedule next year in the Big 12 is Kansas. Because of the name. But here's what's interesting to me about Kansas. So, they lose to Arkansas on Saturday, 72-71. Eric Musselman takes his shirt off on the scorer's table. I couldn't stand that, by the way. I'm sorry. Apologies to Josh Neighbors, host of Locked On. um, Or John Neighbors, excuse me, host of um, Locked On Arkansas. Or Locked On Razorbacks. And I know he's a big Eric Musselman guy. He has said on this show he could run for governor in Arkansas and win. But that's not a way to represent your program. But anyway, Kansas loses in the second round. And it got me thinking, how many times has Kansas lost in the second round or the first weekend of the NCAA tournament in the Bill Self era? Now, Bill Self has been the head coach of Kansas for 20 years. They've won 17 regular season titles. 17 regular season titles. They've owned the Big 12. But what if I told you, since 2009, so there have been four, there have been now 14 tournaments played since they won their first national title under Bill Self in 2008. In those 14 tournaments, six times 
Kansas has been ousted in the first weekend. And think about teams they've lost to. Northern Iowa. They've lost to Stanford. They lost to Wichita State, Auburn, USC, and now Arkansas. And before that, in 2008, they had a round of 64 exit. Seven times in 20 years, the Jayhawks have been knocked out of the tournament before the first weekend is over. That's 35% of the time in the Bill Self era. And this is the all-time winningest program in college basketball history. And, and yet, in March, they really haven't had that much success. Four Final Fours in 20 years. If they, when you think about the, the programs that have made more Final Fours in 20 years, in the last 20 years, you've got, let's see, you've got... UConn in 04, 9, 11, 14. That's four. So they've been to four Final Fours. Duke has been to, I believe, four. They went in 04, 10, 15, 22. North Carolina has been to five. Villanova has been to four. Michigan State's been to several. Look at these programs. Wisconsin's been to two. Syracuse has been to two. I mean, my goodness. Listen, I mean, Kentucky's been to several. Louisville's been to multiple or three. When you think about it, Michigan State, uh, Michigan State, oh, I'll say this. Michigan State under Tom Izzo in 25 NCAA tournaments. 15 times they've gotten out of the first weekend. So Kansas is 13 of 20 under Bill Self. That's 65%. Michigan's at 15 of 25. That's 60%. Not much of a difference. And Bill Self has won two national championships. He's a Hall of Fame head coach. We know that. Tom Izzo has only one national championship has only coached in one national championship game since 2000. But yet, has been in the Final Four in 1, 5, 9, 10, 15, 19. Six Final Fours since his last NCAA tournament title. What does this tell us? Kansas elevates the Big 12. But without Kansas, is the Big 12 really that good? Now, Obviously, it is. You've got Kansas State now. Excuse me. You have Iowa State. You've got Baylor. West Virginia. We know there's a lot of good teams in that conference. Texas is going to be leaving. TCU is on the come up. But I just think about Kansas has dominated that conference so much, but yet they haven't had a lot of postseason success. And that's why you wonder why teams from the Big 12 – outside of Kansas and Baylor in 2021 haven't had much postseason success in winning national championships. Kansas is not that great of a March program. And it's so weird to think about the all time winning this program has had these horrific losses in March 
And it's not just in the first weekend. Go back to 2011 when they lost to VCU in the, in the Elite Eight. Or in 2013 when they blew a 14-point lead to Michigan. Or go back to 2016 and 2017 when they lost in the Elite Eight in back-to-back seasons. Including one of those times in Kansas City. In their own backyard. So at the end of the day, yes, the Jayhawks have dominated the Big 12. They are a terrific college basketball program with a lot of history. But not a lot of success in March. They have won three national championships. That's great. Outside of that, their March success under their March under Bill Self has been defined by questionable losses. And I really do wonder if it's because they're so exhausted playing in the Big 12, which is the most physically demanding conference in college basketball. And I look at Michigan State, and as someone explained to me yesterday, or someone rationed to me yesterday, reasoned to me yesterday, the fact that Tom Izzo can do more with less, Bill Self has had these uberly talented teams. Ben McLemore, Andrew Wiggins, Perry Ellis, Frank Mason. I mean, he won national championships with guys you probably don't remember outside of Mario Chalmers. You remember guys like Wiggins. You remember guys like Thomas Robinson. You remember guys like Perry Ellis, Devontae Graham. Of those who have won in March, you don't. Kansas is a great program. I'm excited to be in a conference with them. But they elevate the Big 12. But without them, how good is the Big 12 really? It's very interesting to think about, especially when you think about their March failures. That means when you consider their first weekend exits, that means six times they've been upset. And for what it's worth, Two of their two national championships were based off second-half comebacks. And look at Michigan State. One-day turnaround, they are terrific, as Mike Greenberg pointed out. Bill Self is not that much better than Tom Izzo, if you think about it. They are two terrific coaches. They are both Hall of Fame coaches. We know that. But... Bill Self, despite having one more national title than Tom Izzo, really hasn't had that much more success in March, if you think about it. And his two national championships and epic comebacks and shots, the shot by Mario Chalmers, cover up what has been an era that has been defined by two national championships and a lot of success and consistency, but a lot of disappointing exits in the NCAA tournament, seven in the first weekend. Coming up tomorrow, where what are the realistic expectations for the Bearcats' defense in 2023? And a look ahead to tomorrow's NIT game at Utah Valley, the first Bearcats game in the state of Utah since 2003. That, of course, was when Chuck Mayshock was ejected after Bob Huggins was ejected in the Bearcats' first round loss to Gonzaga in the 2003 NCAA tournament out in Salt Lake City. Thursday, we're working on getting Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12 to talk about what he's seen from the conference and the tournament, where does Cincinnati fit in, and his thoughts on Kansas 
and their lack of March success. And then on Friday, the uh, recap of the Bearcats game against Utah Valley. And then I want to somehow work in my ranking of the Athletics' best tourney game I ever saw series that they did three years ago. That's going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, Alex Frank, not underscore email. Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Hop off for your second listen and check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, AlexFrank, not underscore, and email Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Back tomorrow with a look ahead to tomorrow's NIT game and the realistic expectations for the Bearcats under Brian Brown, their first season in 2023. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. I'll be back tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats.